Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking about honeymoons at Walt Disney World and specifically everything but the parks. Everybody thinks of, you know, you're going to go to Walt Disney World for your honeymoon and you're going to spend the whole time dashing from attraction to attraction and hopping between parks and you probably will do that. But there's going to be a point in your honeymoon where you're going to want to take a break, or maybe you won't have park admission. One example would be if you got the free annual passes that come with a Disney's fairy tale wedding. If you're trying to time it like we did so that you can use the pass for your honeymoon and for your anniversary, you may not actually want to activate your pass until a certain point in your trip. Conversely, if you're there for your anniversary and you aren't going to be able to use your pass for the whole time, what are some things you can do outside the park? Because Walt Disney World has a ton of other things to do. In fact, you could probably spend a whole week there and not set foot in a park and still have a fantastic time. So today, the lovely Princess Christy is joining me again. She's a Disney wedding blog mentor, and she also honeymooned at Walt Disney World. And she has a ton of great ideas that she's going to share with us about things that you can do on your honeymoon at Walt Disney World without setting foot in the parks. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here today because this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah, I think people don't realize, you know, of course, people who don't really know Disney very well just assume that if you're going to Walt Disney World, it's kid stuff and you're going to spend the whole time in the parks and blah, blah, blah. We've covered that. But let's talk about what are the options for things outside of the theme parks. And there are lots of them. Definitely. And not all of them cost money, which is another great thing. Yes, Cheap, I like. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you're on your honeymoon, you've just spent all this money on your wedding. Yeah, and then some of those most special moments come at a low cost, which is really nice, especially when you are at Walt Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I think most people think of on their honeymoon is romantic dining, having a candlelit dinner or a dinner where you can see the fireworks from one of the theme parks, but you don't necessarily have to be in the theme park. So let's talk a little bit about those options. Probably at the top of most people's lists when they want to have a really special dining experience at Walt Disney World are the signature restaurants. And that would be places like Victoria and Albert's, any place that on the Disney dining plan charges two table service credits. These are usually the fancier places, and they're a great option for having a romantic meal because in general they are more adults only, quieter. You won't have a lot of kids running around, although the exception seems to be Citricos because every meal I've had there has had kids running around. (laughs) So um, and then also they have uh, several of them have a good option for food with a fireworks view. The ones outside of the parks that are good to try if you want to see the fireworks either from your seat or from a designated viewing area at the restaurant are Narcoosie's at the Grand Floridian and California Grill at the Contemporary Resort. And both of those do get very busy. You'll 
want to make your reservation well in advance because the fireworks times fill up pretty quickly. But the cool thing, at least about California Grill, is that no matter when you dine that night, you can always go back up to the restaurant, which is kind of a big deal because there's a special elevator and the access is controlled. But even if you had your dinner at like 5 p.m., you can still go back later that night when the fireworks happen and they have a viewing area. It's like a catwalk, a deck that you can go out on, even if you're not actually having your reservation right at that time. We got really lucky on our honeymoon. We actually, we waited to do signature, any kind of signature dining until we were on our honeymoon. I don't know why it just kind of worked out that way. Um, But so we really did up the signature dining on our honeymoon and California Grill was one of the spots that we went to. We did have a table for two and we did time it with the fireworks, but we got super lucky because we were right up against the windows. So of course you can't always expect that that's going to happen, but it is a possibility. Definitely. And I think we did this too. And we also timed it. I think on our honeymoon, we actually ate early and then went back for the fireworks, but on one of our anniversaries. And one cool thing about California Grill is you hear these stories about at Narcusis where people will be sitting at the tables near the windows and when the fireworks start, people actually like run past their table to look out the oh, window. No. Yeah, so and I don't know how if that's true because Narcusis actually has a deck outside, but what happens is people fill up the deck outside and then how do you see out the windows? So with California Grill if you're sitting by a window, you're sitting by a window. Nobody's going to come <laughs> over and like, excuse me, and stand next to you and try to see the fireworks. Yes, I'm happy to report that did not happen to us. <laughs> and also the servers know exactly the timing of the whole thing. So you're not going to have somebody setting down a giant plate of food and getting in your way while you're trying to watch it. They will wait until there's an appropriate moment and they can slide your dish right under your nose. <laughs> Just kind of sneak right in there. And then you were talking about other options because maybe you can't get into a restaurant with a fireworks view. Well, what are some options if you want to eat nearby and then go out to see the fireworks? Yeah, so one of our favorite things to do on our trips is uh, to go to the Polynesian, maybe go up to the Tambu Lounge and get a pina colada because I love my pina coladas. (laughs) And uh, you will go down out to the beach and they have lots of beach chairs out there or they have the hammocks. And if you kind of sit closer to the Hawaii building for the concierge lounge, they actually pipe in the, the audio for the fireworks show. And you can uh, sit out there and watch the fireworks. We all, we like to get there about a half an hour early or depending on the time of the fireworks. But we try to time it where when we get there, we get to watch the electrical water pageant because it's classic Disney. If you're going to be there, you got to see it. <laughs> so we'll watch the electrical water pageant. And then, uh, you know, with either wishes or a lot of times what we'll try to do is time it with special themed fireworks. So we go a lot in October. So we'll time it with Hallow Wishes so we're there on a night to watch, you know, the Boutillou show, which is a lot of fun. That's a good point because the holiday fireworks are more, to me, they seem more visible. They're certainly more over the top and they have more actual shells going off than the regular shows. So if you can time it to see the Christmas fireworks, New Year's Eve fireworks, or any of those special holiday shows, they are a lot more visible from outside the park than the regular show, I think. And you can still see at least some of the effects on the castle because the way that they illuminate the castle during the show, you can at least, you know, you might not be able to see when they put little stars on it necessarily, but you get a grander scope of the show. And they use a lot of those peripheral fireworks. So they're going off all around the hub to that vantage point from the beach. It's absolutely amazing. 
And then, so those are Magic Kingdom fireworks. It's a little bit harder to see illuminations at Epcot from outside of the park, but the high fireworks can be seen from the boardwalk. So if you stop and sit on one of the benches near Jelly Rolls or Atlantic Dance Hall, you can see all the, like I say, the high fireworks that shoot out over the tops of the trees, even if you can't see the globe with the projections on it. You know, we've even been lucky a couple of times where illuminations and the Magic Kingdom fireworks will be timed close together. So where we've been on a boat coming from downtown Disney, maybe back to French Quarter or Riverside, and we can see both the fireworks, you know, one right after the other from the boat. It's really neat. That's interesting. I didn't know you could see fireworks from the downtown Disney boats. Yeah, if you're going toward the, you know, back toward the moderate resorts or even old Key West, then you can see them sort of in front of you and to the side. And and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, so if maybe you're at downtown Disney, you want to go over to Riverside to go see Yeehaw Bob, have a couple drinks. And then, you know, if you time it just right, you might be able to catch those fireworks. That's cool. Oh, tell us a little bit about Yeehaw Bob for those who are not indoctrinated. Well, um, you know, I have to be honest, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen him in passing for a minute. We've never stopped to watch him. We have friends that talk about him. You know, they love him. And so, um, but yeah. So from what I know about Yeehaw Bob is that uh, he plays the piano and he will sing songs and then he incorporates jokes into the songs and he has you sing along with the song. So it's just... From what I understand, it's like a dueling piano bar, but he's the only, <laughs> the only <laughs> piano player. So, um, but it's you, when we've seen him when we've been walking by, it's great fun. That's cool because yeah, I know that he has sort of a cult following, and so that might be a fun thing to go out and no cover. Whereas at Jelly Rolls, there I believe there's a cover usually. Right. Yeah. The dueling piano bars are a lot of fun. And then if you have a little more money, you might want to look into doing a private catered event. And these can be arranged either through private dining at your resort if you're staying at a deluxe resort or through Disney's catered events team. And I'll give you that number. That is 321-939-7278. And the only requirement is that you stay at a Disney resort and they'll hook you up with an event planner who corresponds to your resort, whether or not they actually work at your resort. And you can do anything from just a private meal on a patio uh, at the Grand Floridian. I know they have a balcony up on the fifth floor that they do a lot of private events on, or they even do events out at the marina little ones too, you know, if it's just the two of you, you have a butler who serves you your meal and you're sitting there and you can see the wishes fireworks over the Magic Kingdom. And those are more pricey. You're looking at at least $200 for just the meal, but you could keep it under, I'd say $400, especially if you're not doing one in a park. You can also do illuminations, dessert parties for small groups. They have a few venues that are open to groups of 10 or fewer, you would just pay the food and beverage minimums for the maximum for that venue. So if it's for 10 people, it's $23 per person. So you pay $230 food and beverage minimum. You know, a little pricey, but if it's your honeymoon and you want to splash out and you want to have a private event, that's a great way to do it. I have a lot more information on this and we'll probably do a show about this in the future. <laughs> but um, I have a lot more information on DisneyTravelBabble.com. So it's just DisneyTravelBabble.com backslash how dash two backslash private dash party and that section of the site has information on a couple different kinds of parties and price information and all the regulations and requirements 
And then the other thing that you might want to do if you don't want to go full on private event, but you want to add something to a meal is to order a cake or order candy delivered to your room or have flowers delivered, gift baskets. They, Disney has a couple of options for this. The Disney Florist, and that phone number is 407 827 3505. The Disney Florist, it's like calling Teleflora, but it's a Disney touch, and they can get you pretty much any Disney merchandise from the parks, if you know what it is, and put it into gift baskets and have that delivered to your room. I've also heard that they can have arrangements delivered to dining reservations. So if you wanted to have a bouquet for your sweetheart when you got to Narcoosie's, that's a way to do it. And then the cake hotline is the one you call if you want to order a cake to be delivered to your meal. You can also have one delivered to your room if there's room service at your resort. And that can get a little bit complicated because every resort has different policies and different availability of cakes. So I have a page on my website about that too that (laughs) sorts through what your options are. There's like a matrix. So you just look up what resort you're going to stay at or dine at and then it tells you what your options are. So that's at DisneyTravelBabble.com backslash how dash two backslash order dash cake. So all of your options will be laid out there. And then private dining. You can usually get a hold of private dining at your resort just by calling the main number and asking to speak to private dining. But they can arrange things like if you want, um, oh, chocolate-covered strawberries or a white chocolate Mickey statue or something like that delivered to your room, they will have a selection, and it varies by resort. But they'll tell you what your choices are, and you can have those delivered, which is a real fun touch. There are quite a few options there. Yeah, really. And it does vary. I know people, the one that I see asked about most is chocolate-covered strawberries, and not every resort does them. So it can be a little disappointing. I often wonder if you couldn't just call someplace like, you know, the Edible Arrangements or uh, Sherry's Berries or something and arrange to have them delivered like you would to any hotel or to your house. I know people get packages delivered at the resorts, so that might be something to look into if, say, you're staying at a value resort or you're just staying someplace that doesn't have what you want. Yeah, that's a good idea. I wouldn't see why you you couldn't do that because, like you said, you can get regular packages delivered, and you know people use other services to have things delivered, like pizza at the uh, values. (laughs) (laughs) Although that I don't know would be so romantic. Hey, it's what you make of it, right? Yeah, it depends. Maybe you guys are super into pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta have my round table. (laughs) And I just wanted to throw in also a couple of cheap options for dining. Well cheaper options for dining uh, rather than the signature. Uh, Another thing that my husband and I really love to do is to go to Beaches and Cream. I know you're a fan of Beaches and Cream also. Yes. And uh, what we like to do is, you know, sometimes there can be a really long wait, but because there's just two of us, we like to sit at the bar, you know, at the the counter really. And uh, we usually are able to get a table a lot quicker. And it's fun to interact with the waitresses or waiters on duty and um, the people making the ice cream. Everyone is always really friendly there. And it's, you know, fun to learn talk about where everyone's from and how, how they came to Disney, why you love Disney. Just, we always have great conversation with the people there. And then, uh, we usually share uh, Noe Jose with our <laughs> extra peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's just, it's a fun, mellow evening, especially maybe you did spend the day at the parks. It's just a nice place to come and have a little fun and it's not too chaotic. 
Yes, I highly recommend this. We actually did this the night before our wedding. We had a a no-stress, come-if-you-want-to meet-and-greet in one of the public rooms at the resort. And then a couple of the groups of people who came to that made reservations, and they all went off together. And we just wanted something low-key and mellow, and so we sat at the counter at Beaches and Cream. And it was it's one of my fondest honeymoon memories. It was just really nice, the calm before the storm, having our little ice cream sundae with extra peanut butter sauce. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, it's I highly recommend recommend it. Yeah. For, and for us now it's become tradition. It's always the thing we do when, you know, as time allows, but I think we've been able to do it every trip so far is before we leave for the airport, we go to beaches and cream. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Ah, I'm always wandering around downtown Disney. I got to do that instead. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes downtown Disney gets crazy and I don't want to leave Krabby. So yeah. we go to a place that we love. It's like our own little kiss goodbye, if you will, to Disney oh, World. That's a great idea. And so then moving on from dining, there are, of course, tons of different activities you can do at each of the resorts around Walt Disney World. And a lot of these probably deserve their own show, and we'll do shows specific to each of these. But we'll just hit the highlights right now to kind of give you a glimpse at the vast array of non-theme park activities you can do, some of which may sound more or less romantic than others. But Christy and I can make a case for each of them as being a very romantic activity. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find romance in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So the one I like to recommend is tours. And again, this doesn't sound particularly romantic, but Christy, we were talking about this earlier. There's something about it's just the two of you. You have this shared experience. You get to see or do something that most day guests don't get to see. And it's a great way to make memories on your honeymoon. Yeah, because you'll learn things about the park that no matter how big of a fan you are, you'll learn things that maybe you didn't know. So every time, you know, we learn something about the tree in Liberty Square and how, you know, Walt really wanted that tree. So for us, every trip after our honeymoon, when we see that tree, it just takes us back to our, our honeymoon. That's great. And there are tours that you don't have to have park admission to take, some of which actually take you into the park. So that can be a cool, sneaky little way to get into the parks if you can't use your annual pass yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So those are Backstage Magic, which takes you to the Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. It's seven hours, and it includes lunch. It's a little pricey. It's almost $250. But again, it's like your whole day, and you get lunch, and you get to go to three parks without paying for admission. Then there are some tours at Epcot that don't require admission. The Dolphins in Depth, which lets you swim with a dolphin in the Living Seas Tank. Also Dive Quest in the Living Seas Tank, which you have to be scuba certified for that one. But if you are scuba certified, apparently it's really cool. And then the Epcot Seas Aqua Tour, which you don't need a scuba certification, but you still get to go paddle around in the tank. And I think right now some of those may be suspended because of work they're doing on the tank. But if you're planning your honeymoon for, you know, a year in the future, six months in the future, check in on those because those will be available again. And then the Wilderness Back Trail Segway Tour is really cool. It's at the Fort Wilderness Resort, so you don't need park admission, but you get to ride a Segway. And they take you sort of off-road. I mean, I think you're still on trails, but it's not like taking the Segway around Epcot where you're just on cement the whole time. It's a little bit more adventurous. And again, you don't need park admission, but it's a lovely two hours. Is it like off-roading Segway? Yes. Yeah. As off-roady <laughs> as they'll let you get. I mean, <laughs> it's still Disney, <laughs> but it sounds like it's beautiful out there and it would be a fun way to see it without, you know, having to get your feet dirty. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
And then at the holidays, they have two tours that don't require park admission. The Holiday Delights Tour, which is $200, but it includes access to the Magic Kingdom, the decorating support barn, or whatever they call it, where you go backstage and you see where all the decorations live, and then a viewing of Candlelight Processional, which if you were planning to do a Candlelight Processional dinner package, those can be, you know, 50 or $60 a person right there. And it has a buffet. I believe it's lunch. So that's a cool way to kind of get a taste of the way the holidays are created at Walt Disney World. And you get a meal and you get bussed all over the place. So that can be a fun one to do. And then they have the Yuletide Fantasy Tour, which is a lot less, but does a lot of the same things. It's $84 a person and it takes you to to the Magic Kingdom, it takes you to Epcot, and you also get to go to holiday services and see backstage where they make all the holiday decorations, and it includes one of the resorts. And that's a free thing you can do, uh, you know, a self-guided tour, if you're there at the holidays for your honeymoon, is to drive or take Disney transportation around to all the different resorts and see their Christmas decorations, especially the deluxe resorts, go all out. And usually they have like ginormous gingerbread houses or there's a gingerbread carousel at the beach club. Just really fun stuff to see for free. And you can spend a whole day just doing that. And, you know, actually that kind of takes me on to my next point was with tours, you can make your own tour as well. You know, like you said, uh, with the Magic Kingdom Resort Tour, we recently, last year, we went at the holiday time for the first time and we went over to Fort Wilderness and had dinner at Trails End. And then we walked around the holiday lights, but there's also a carriage ride that they do that will take you around the resort. Cause you know, so many of the guests there on the campsites decorate, they go all out. Have you ever seen the holiday decorations over there? No. And I want to hear more about this because I thought you had to take a carriage tour. I didn't realize that it was close enough that you could walk. Cause I always think of the campground being so huge that you wouldn't be able to just walk around it. Yeah, no, it's right there. It's, uh, it's, just right across the road. And we didn't go too deep into the resort because we were really full from our buffet dinner. <laughs> but, uh, but we did walk through a few of the streets and then people, I don't know if they all bring their own golf carts or if they're all rented, but almost everyone there has a golf cart and they decorate the golf carts too. And then they have a parade through the resort of the golf carts. They all drive around with these incredibly decorated, um, you know, decorated golf carts. It's, it's a lot of fun. That sounds really cute. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great way to just customize and do your own free thing. The carriage rides, I believe they run about $45, and I think that's for half an hour. But again, it's a honeymoon. It's kind of a special, fun thing to add. And there's actually two different types of carriage rides you can do. There's the ones where it can be just the two of you in the horse-drawn carriage. And then there's also more of a hayride one where you're in a big, giant carriage with a whole bunch of people. I think it's like 20 or 25 people and they have different price points. So just depending on the type of experience you're looking to have. That's great. Yeah, I think the hayride wagons are only available at Fort Wilderness. But then if you are interested in a carriage ride, but you don't want to go out to Fort Wilderness, they also have them at Port Orleans Riverside. And those are also you can do a half an hour tour around the resort, which is beautiful uh, in a carriage But that leads me into the next topic, which is romantic transportation. And this may not sound romantic to you, but I have had some of my fondest honeymoon and anniversary memories with my husband riding the transportation at Walt Disney World. And, you know, you don't have to pay for a carriage ride. Uh, You can have a little boat ride. I love the boat rides from the Magic Kingdom to the deluxe resorts because they're usually smaller boats. 
especially if you're going to like the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian. And I don't know, there's something just very romantic to me about being out on the open water. And what we did was on our last day of our honeymoon, we had these, we'd brought a bunch of foreign coins we had left over from international trips. And we were using them to make wishes in all the various bodies of water throughout our honeymoon. So yeah, so on our last day, we had a couple leftover coins. And so we made our last wishes into the lagoon that we would get to come back. And we did get to come back. So highly recommend that. (laughs) How cute is that? (laughs) So and then besides the public boats, you can rent boats, you can rent a giant pontoon boat to go see the fireworks shows for both the Magic Kingdom and for Epcot. Uh, They have sea racers, which are little one and two person boats that you can go around on race around on one might say Um, paddle boats, you know, all kinds of different options for boating at the resort. So I've seen on the Diz too, you know, fireworks cruises for the pontoon boats. They can hold, I think, is it up to 10 people, sometimes 12. So you may not want to pay the more expensive cost of having to rent out the whole boat just for the two of you. Um, so what I've seen on the Diz sometimes is people looking to kind of pitch in for the boat together. So you might be with a strange family, but <laughs> <laughs> but you all have a common interest, right? And uh, from what I've seen, it's been quite successful where people, you know, get together, rent the boats together to try to help save some of the cost. And you still get that experience of being out on the boat to watch the fireworks. Yes. Yeah. We should probably do a whole show about fireworks cruises because there's so many options, but we have done a boat share. And what we did was we went to disboards.com and I think it's in the parks forum because it's divided up into different topics. There's a th- ongoing thread at the very top of people looking to share these Uh, fireworks cruise boats, either for wishes in the Magic Kingdom or for illuminations at Epcot. And yeah, it's a great inexpensive way to do it if you don't mind making a bunch of new friends. (laughs) Um, And so you just all chip in together and you meet at the dock at the same time and you get to go on the tour for a lot less per person. But if you want to splurge and you're on your honeymoon, you know, for $300, you can get a cruise, have the whole pontoon boat to yourself. And that could be fun too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, another cool thing is parasailing. They have on... um, the lake that's out behind the contemporary resort they do parasailing and you can do solo or tandem parasailing and this sounded like such an exciting honeymoon thing to do so we did that and it was cool and I remember thinking you know they let you choose for how much you're going to pay you can choose like um, I think there's one that's like eight minutes and one that's 12 minutes or something like that two different lengths and I was like 12 minutes that's not enough oh well we'll just go for that and it was plenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, eight or 12 minutes. But yeah, I yeah. guess once you're up in the air, it's a yeah. completely different thought process. Yeah. After a while, you're like, you know what? Man was not meant to be up this high without being in an airplane. Um, <laughs> I don't have wings. <laughs> so yeah. So no, it, it was really fun. And, you know, I'm not scared of heights or anything and I have no problem flying. But by the end, it, it felt like just enough time. <laughs> but I would recommend that, especially to do it tandem, because then you both get to enjoy the experience. And you get great views of the whole you can see epcot you can see downtown disney you can see off property (laughs) you can see it all up there and then there's also the surrey bikes that they have at the boardwalk and at the port orleans resort and i know because when you're on the boardwalk there's only one direction you can go and there's this one hill that everyone We've seen several people sort of (laughs) break down on that hill (laughs) that they have to go up. Um, But another option is over at Port Orleans, you can do it. And there's a trail that takes you from Riverside to French Quarter. If you're crazy and you want to ride a bike during your honeymoon, go nuts. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it if you're honeymooning in the summer months, probably. Right. But yeah, for the other times of the year, it's definitely a great option. And then also there are horseback rides back at Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness, really, you could spend a couple days just enjoying all the extracurricular activities that they have out there. And one that I've always wanted to do but haven't had a chance to yet is to take a horseback trail ride at Fort Wilderness. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just so crazy that you can do horseback riding at Disney World. I don't know why, but. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So let's see. That's transportation. Another thing I wanted to talk about was spas. For a lot of people, the idea of a honeymoon is synonymous with like couples massages or different spa treatments because, you know, you want to relax while you're on your honeymoon in addition to commando touring of all the parks. Walt Disney World has a couple of options for that. The one that most people think of is actually closed right now, and that's the Grand Floridian Spa. It's closed while they add a Disney Vacation Club wing to the resort, but it should be open again in 2013. Uh, And in the meantime, what the Grand Floridian is doing is they're having free transportation to the spa at Saratoga Springs, which has a lot of the same types of treatments as the Grand Floridian Spa. And then certain resorts, mostly deluxe resorts, even if they don't have spas, they may offer things like in-room massage service. So that's always a good thing to look into either when you get in the room and you look in the little book that says all the activities or by going online beforehand. Uh, You can find out information about all of the Disney Resort spas at the website relaxedyet.com, which is run by the company that manages all of Disney's spas. And then the other spa on property is the Mandara Spa at the Swan and the Dolphin. And that's a good one. I think that if you are a Starwood preferred guest member, they actually have some discounts. So that can be a good alternative if there's no spa at your resort or you just want to check out something different. And, you know, if you have activated your annual pass or if you have one already, um, a lot of these places that we're talking about will give you an annual pass discount. So if you already have your passes activated and you go on one of the tours, they offer annual pass discounts. And I believe at some of these spas, you also get an annual pass discount. Yeah, that's good to mention because definitely if you're doing an official Disney's fairytale wedding, if you do an escape, their annual pass is included and wishes they're given as a perk. And so, yeah, use those discounts. The other thing, if you're talking about doing romantic dining, we used the Tables in Wonderland card, which is only available to annual pass holders and locals. And it costs, I think the price went up and now it's like $75. Yeah, it's $75. Yeah. But it gives you a 20% discount on food and beverage, all food and beverage at every participating restaurant and just about every table service restaurant in the entire Disney world participates. And it's a great alternative to the Disney dining plan because it's much more flexible. You don't have to count your credits or, you know, worry about which restaurants you're allowed to eat at because of the certain types of credits you have. You can eat anywhere and you can get a 20% discount. So yes, we actually always did the dining plan until we became pass holders, got tables of Winterland, And, you know, dining plan is a good option. Don't get me wrong. Um, you just have to know how to work it. But now having the tables in Wonderland, we love our freedom. I'm not trying to shill the product here. <laughs> oh, <but> I am. <laughs> <laughs> but we absolutely love, it's just a different way of managing our vacation with it. Right. And if you do decide to go for the dining plan, that's another fun kind of splurge for your honeymoon because then you do have the feeling that, you know, you don't have to pay for this because you've already paid for it, (laughs) but you don't have to, you know, count your pennies every time the bill comes. You just sign the little slip and your credits are are accessed. So I think for a lot of people, maybe the first time they try a dining plan is on a honeymoon, especially if they're going to do one of the higher end dining plans that includes access to all the top restaurants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a good option there, the deluxe dining plan. But it's not exactly a bargain. It's more of... 
it's almost more just a convenience yes. to have it. Yes, more of a convenience than a bargain. So that might be something you'd want to look into. But I think in my experience, I'm recommending Tables in Wonderland because it gives you flexibility and you can eat at pretty much any table service restaurant and use it. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) (laughs) And then another thing you might want to think about on your honeymoon is special occasion photography. You know, I did a show a couple weeks ago with Tom Bricker about taking honeymoon photographs. And one thing that can be fun is to have somebody else take your photographs for you so that you're not always holding the camera out or asking somebody to hold the camera or toting around a tripod. Although Tom had some great ideas for, (laughs) uh, you know, compact tripods and things you can do for that. So there are a couple options. You can, of course, use the PhotoPass photographers, although, as you heard in that episode, neither of us really recommend that because it's such a crapshoot on the quality. But if you do decide to do PhotoPass, they have some private sessions that you can do at the resorts, and they last about half an hour. You can get all of the details by calling 407-934-4004. And then another option is Disney Fine Art Photography, and these are professional photographers. They do a lot of the corporate events and the weddings at Walt Disney World, so it's sort of a step up in quality. They are at 407-827-5099, and so if you call or if you go on their website at DisneyFineArtPhotography.com, I think it is, you can see what kind of resort portrait sessions they offer. And then the option I always recommend is to find a local wedding photographer who would do sort of, um, you know, like an engagement shoot or an anniversary shoot. And you can do these anywhere except inside the parks, which this whole show is about stuff you can do outside the parks. (laughs) So you can do it at any resort. There's no restrictions. Finding a local wedding photographer might seem daunting, but there are a ton of them. And it's really easy using the magic of the internets to locate local photographers who will do engagement sessions, anniversary sessions, things like that. You know, for that one, um, I've mentioned on the show before, my husband and I were planning to do a Disney wedding for quite a long time. And unfortunately we weren't able to make it pan out, but, um, we were able to take that two week honeymoon to Walt Disney world. And in that, what we did is, uh, there were photographers that we had our hearts set on the lovely roots and we were able to coordinate a just married shoot with them at the boardwalk, which is where we wanted to get married. So those are what we use for our wedding pictures. Um, our wedding clothes were actually very low key because we had a very small ceremony at home. And we just walked around uh, the boardwalk area and took lots of lovely photos. I I know now the routes may be a little hard to book for something like that, but there are so many great talents locally in the area that I'm sure you could set something up with. Yeah, definitely look into that because, and it can be cheaper than Disney fine art photography, actually, depending on which photographer you go with. So I don't think price should be a consideration. I think really go with the photographer who takes the kind of photos you want, but just something to think about. I totally agree with that. Uh, We did get a fairly decent deal when you're not doing actual wedding photos. I've noticed in looking at other photographers around the area, the prices do seem to be fairly reasonable. And pretty on par with, if not a better value than what Disney fine art photography is charging. And so then the last thing I wanted to cover really quickly here on the show was other kinds of treats and gifts you can add. Because if you're going to splash out and do something like a gift basket, your honeymoon is the perfect time. And it might be fun to just surprise your spouse with one. Or uh, sometimes, if you're lucky, some of your friends and family may even surprise you with one. (laughs) So um, there are a couple options for that. We've mentioned the Disney florist. 
And that could be anything from rose petals on the bed to a totally over-the-top romance gift basket, including bathrobes and fake candles, because you can't have real candles, <laughs> and uh, you know champagne and all kinds of fun little treats all in one giant basket. There's also a service called Memories by Betsy, and this is a local woman who started this business where she puts together these amazing customized gift baskets based on your preferences. And you can find her at memoriesbybetsy.com. Betsy is spelled B-E-T-S-Y. And then the other service that I have heard a lot of great things about is Presentations Gifts of a Lifetime, which is at giftsofalifetime.com. They will do in-room decorating. So if you wanted to have to come back to the room and have it totally made over with this fantastic, you know, welcome to your honeymoon kind of decor, they can do that. And then they also are known for their scavenger hunts, which are usually around the parks. But I would definitely give them a call or check out their website and see if they have any resort-specific scavenger hunts that they can arrange for you. And they're completely customized just to you. So you start with a surprise invitation to your significant other or whoever is going to be going on the scavenger hunt. And then they've actually placed clues all over around the park or around your resort. You know, if you had uh, the means, obviously, um, but if you were maybe doing a catered event, a private catered event at one of the hotels, that might be a fun way to let your spouse know, have them find out where they were going to eventually lead them to the dinner, or even not necessarily a catered event, maybe to a restaurant or, you know, they didn't know that they were going to be going there just to eventually lead them to that place might be kind of fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, to tie those two together. So there was actually one other idea that I wanted to mention. And we did this on one of our recent trips also. It was during the holidays, so we wanted to go see the gingerbread displays. So we got on, we hopped on the monorail and just went around to the different Magic Kingdom resorts, went to the Grand Floridian and checked out the gingerbread house, bought lots of yummy goodies there, and then you know went over to the Gasparilla Grill, got a cupcake, and then went over to the Polynesian, looked at what they had. They didn't really have anything. So then we got back on the monorail and went over to the Contemporary, and then they had their gingerbread display, bought some more yummy treats from there, and then shared a cupcake. Mind you, the yummy treats that we were buying were for later, so we were not on complete sugar overload, and we were sharing the cupcakes. Mm -hmm. And then we hopped on the boat, and we were actually staying at the Wilderness Lodge. So we hopped on the boat, went over to Wilderness Lodge, and then they have uh, yummy cupcakes there. So we got um, another one to split. We love the idea of the Food and Wine Festival and so we always try to go back for our anniversary, which is in October. So for some reason, because we love food, I guess, <laughs> we've somehow tried to find ways to incorporate that wherever we go in Walt Disney World because <laughs> we like to eat while we're there. So, um, you know, even if we go not in October, we go in December or any other time of year, we'll, we'll do some kind of tasting all around the place because we just like to eat. <laughs> no, that's a great idea, like a cupcake crawl. Or I know that people do they do drinking around the world at Epcot. But if you don't have park admission, there are plenty of bars and lounges at all the resorts. So you could do a sort of similar activity. And you could even do it probably by boat, especially if you're in the Epcot resort area. So yeah, uh, drinking around Walt Disney World, cupcake crawl, any kind of specific food. Downtown Disney, also a great place to go look for cupcakes. Ice cream. I mean, you could do beaches and cream. You could go to Ghirardelli Soda Fountain at downtown. Town Disney. Oh, you could get a Dole Whip at the Polynesian at Captain yes. Cook's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think a food specific tour of the resort is a great idea and a fun kind of 
you know, something you wouldn't normally do when you just go on your regular commando tour of Walt Disney World. Yeah, definitely. And then it makes those great memories, which is what you're really hoping and looking for on your honeymoon. Definitely. So these are just, you know, scratching the surface of all the things you can do at Walt Disney World, but I hope we've given you a good overview of some of the non-park related things you can do. And then in future shows, we will do specific in-depth looks at certain of these that are the more popular ones and tell you all the different options and prices and all of that. So thank you, Christy, for joining me today and sharing all the great experiences that you had on your honeymoon. And I'll look forward to talking to you again. Yes, can't wait. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.